Hello, friends. Welcome back to the show. My guest today is Mark Normand. He's a podcaster, actor, and a comedian. The mere discussion of certain topics can cause huge controversy. Both sides of every issue are adamant that their opposition is fundamentally evil, malicious, bigoted, or a secret race of lizard people. But what is driving this huge demand for outrage? And can we do anything about it? Expect to learn Mark's take on the Bud Light and Miller Lite controversies, why brands have completely lost their sense of humour, whether you have engaged in digital blackface and why it makes you racist, the ethical dilemma of incest, why AI girlfriends will destroy society, whether Tom Hanks is part of the Illuminati, if there's a joke that is so offensive it should never be told, and much more. Don't forget, if you are listening, you should have also got a copy of the Modern Wisdom Reading List. It is 100 of the most interesting and life-changing books that I've ever read, and you can get a copy right now for free by going to chriswillx.com books. That's chriswillx.com books. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But now, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mark Normand. Wait, are we on? Yeah, sure. Oh, geez, I didn't know that. Let's All right. say that we're on. Okay. Mark Norman. Hey, comedy. <laughs> uh, I didn't know if I was going to trash those other comics you just mentioned, so I had to had to make sure. Um, good to be here. Thanks, man. New studio. Uh, yeah, different. We're in a new place. I like this place. It's very, Sexy. very cool. Yeah, it is. It's kind of like what I imagine the inside of a of a dildo looks like. Hey, this is the fleshlight right ribbed. here. Yeah, ribbed for your pleasure. <laughs> Smells weird too, and it's a little <laughs> sticky. But yeah. Um. So you're seeing Tom Segura at some point, I think, while you're in town. Mm-hmm. He's just finished a 300 date tour. Woo! What do people who have never been on tour that look at comedians that are traveling the world and think, "Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that'd be good to do." What do they not know about what tour life's actually like? Well, there's there's a couple different kinds. There's the and the two extremes would be Segura and Bert, which and their friends. They're yin and yang. And uh, Bert is a drunk fat guy who's partying. Where Segura has a trainer every morning at eight a.m. He doesn't really drink. He eats well. He, he's uh, playing the piano. He's writing. So that's really the tour life, you know. Just which one are you on that spectrum? And I, I'm more towards Bert, and I'm worried because I'm gonna die. But that's really that's really what it is. Touring is grueling, and it looks fun. We show you the Instagram of us on a jet, or or at the big arena with the chandelier and the the, the curtains. But it's a lot of get up. What are we doing today? Oh, we got to go to the airport. Oh, the airport's in a different language. We got to figure this out. It, it's a lot of logistics, and that part sucks. Is but it, it's fun. Yeah, I I don't know. I guess the reality from the outside is tons of travel, 
Loads yeah. of packing and unpacking. Yes. Being in and out of hotels. Nightmare. It's all a blur. It's like that montage in Fight Club where he's just going from place <laughs> to place and you're like, who am I? Where am I? What's going on? Uh, I got to write a new joke. Is that joke? So you're, you're on the flight and any moment you have, you're like, all right, I got to rest and think about my act. Yeah. I I, I guess um, Ryan Long was talking about this as well, that the reality of tour life is so different to what people sort of idealize. Oh, as. yeah. And what I think most guys are doing at the moment is these little weekends, right? You just yeah. jump out, spend a weekend, two nights, three nights if you can, and then mm-hmm. you come back. And it's like, I kind of have a life, but then I don't have a life. And then I yes. have a life and I don't. But you're going to Australia. I'm going to Australia for a month, but those weekends are, that's ideal because you get to escape. You hate your girlfriend, you hate your husband, you hate your wife, you hate your apartment, you hate your city. I live in New York. It says hobos and and shit on the street and subways. So then you get to go to Denver and you're like, ooh, I'll smoke (laughs) weed, I'll go get a hike, I'll do shows, and then I'll come back. So it's perfect. It's like a built-in marriage saver. Have you heard of digital blackface? Ooh, wait a minute. Is that where you... Act black online? Kind of, yeah. So this is from CNN. If you're white and you've posted a gif or a meme of a black person (laughs) to express a strong emotion, you may be guilty of wearing digital blackface, writes John Blake. Maybe you shared that viral video of Kimberly Sweet Brown Wilkins telling a reporter after narrowly escaping an apartment fire, ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) You posted that meme of supermodel Tyra Banks exploding in anger on America's next top model. If you're black and you've shared such online images, you get a pass. But if you're white, you may have inadvertently perpetuated one of the most insidious forms of contemporary racism. You may be wearing digital blackface. Simply put, digital blackface is 21st century min- minstrelsy. Minstrels. Minstrel. Minstrel. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I thought I was being inclusive by adding some black people in my memes and my gifts. Isn't that diverse? I'm diversifying my gifts. Appropriating. I guess so. Jeez. I asked Jordan Peterson what uh, color emoji he uses, and he he said black. Oh, really? (laughs) That's funny. You can't get in trouble. I mean, we're all using the eggplant. That's black. Is it? Oh, do you speak based on size? Size, and, you know, it's a dark shade of purple. But, you know, moulignon is what Italians call black people, and that means eggplant. That's the uh, that's You're the n word for Italians. You're kidding me. Yes. And so it's what mu- mu- moulignon? Like these moulignons over here stole our truck. That's, and it means eggplant. It means in eggplant Italian. in Italian, but that's their n word. <laughs> wow. Oh yeah. Italians don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck, and it sounds cool. Moulignon. It just sounds pretty. It's Meanwhile, way they're being less hateful. offensive than hard ring your way through some <laughs> yeah, like racial yeah. tirade. Exactly. They also call uh, retarded people retarded. No, I'm just kidding. But um, that would be, I'm sure they got a cool word for that too. But yeah, digital blackface, man. You got to be careful out there. Well, you know, number one threat to America is white supremacy, according to our president. So uh, that's an interesting one. I see. I like this stuff because it just shows that we're not that racist. If we have to look this far to find racism, yep. that's a good sign that maybe we're not as racist as we think we are. So I learned about this idea called concept creep, which you'll probably be familiar with. But the way that it's sort of come across or been used, I guess, in um, the modern world is is super super interesting. Because let's say that there's a a bar of racism that needs to be, or there is a a demand for racism. 
A that bar is, of real? That's called a biker bar. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Ah. <laughs> There's a demand for racism that needs to be met. And if racism isn't getting uh-huh. bigger, what you need to do is expand the definition of it in order to maintain the supply. Perfect. Yeah. So concept creep is when the demand for racism outstrips the supply of racism. Yes. Which means you need to continually make more and more things racist to keep that level high. Wow. See, I love when these, these smart people come up with terms because yep. it just solidifies it all right there. It succinctly explains it. Well, if you think about, there are a number of people whose basically entire careers, you know, this CNN reporter, they need to write an article. Right. John Blake needs to write an article for CNN for today. God, what am we going to write about? Is uh, Well, you're the racism guy. Like, yeah. you specialize in racism. Right. You've got to go get out there, find yourself some digital blackface, and that's now the thing. But yeah, I think looking that's at... fascinating. Looking at uh, the increased... Um, dilution of what different types of bigotisms and obias and whatevers mm-hmm. the reason for that is that there is a lack of supply yes but still an amount of demand it's kind of like uh crackheads well like you start out with a good good solid crack rock and then eventually like maybe i mix baking soda and a frog's ass and like a <laughs> peroxide i'll get high and it's not actually drugs anymore but you just you need to open it up a little more to get high because right. you can't get the crack so you're saying modern day racism is like poor quality drugs yeah it's stepped on right <laughs> you know it's, it's got <laughs> it's, baby laxative i want this pure racism yeah where's the pure racism that we you know that good old-fashioned Colombian, yes. direct from the source. Jim Crow, that was pure cut <laughs> cocaine. You know, Jim Crow, KKK, the the what do you call it? The hoses with the dogs, civil rights stuff. That was that was pure cut. And now we're stepping on it with fucking baby Digital powder. blackface. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Digital blackface is baby powder for that. Right. I sent you earlier on a video about Dove. Yeah, that was great. So for the people that haven't seen it, Dove is on a mission to challenge and change female representation in video games and help make gaming a positive space for women and girls. So they've created this video of a like superhero, girl superhero, and they, she slays this, this evil baddie, and then she gets back into the changing room and takes her armor off and gains 80 pounds. Yeah, that in, was odd. Immediately, and then like sits down, puts a hands behind her back and realizes I don't need to wear the armor that is holding me in. And then she goes out and like keeps on fighting, but now she's 80 pounds bigger. Yeah. Um, female characters in games do not accurately represent the diverse gamers of the world and are often heavily sexualized and created within narrow, unrealistic beauty standards. 74% of girls feel unrepresented in video games. Um, I'm looking forward to the Call of Duty Lizzo skin dropping. I want to unlock. I want to unlock Lizzo. Call it's of too Duty. big of a target. The terrorists. It's too easy. But here's my thing with it. a couple things. I love the idea of the animator being like the director's like we need her fatter. So he's like, oh shit, all right. So he has to make her bigger. But also, I get it. Like it's all. I'm all about helping women and having them being represented. But aren't we? Going, it's it's getting hacky now. Like Miller Lite, Bud Light, all the uh, Starbucks had a big commercial with the trans, and you're like, well, now it's just hack. The whole thing with the uh, marketing and and uh, stuff like this, like this kind of art, you gotta go a new way. Isn't that the whole point of uh, being original? Like you, when they zig, you zag, and they're all zagging. Everybody's going in the same direction. Yeah. So I'm like, to me, it's not even about the the woke shit or whatever you want to call it. It's like. You're just being unoriginal now. It's boring. It's boring. Well, I think the main concern that people and predictable. have, it's, it's kind of the same as the uh, like supply-demand problem for racism, which is it doesn't seem genuine. Yes, it's forced. Yeah. 
Completely forced, completely, uh, what do you call that? Uh, starts with a C. Contrived. Thank you. You nailed it. Fuck yeah. Wow. It's tapped in. We're Get tapped in, in together. We're, yeah, our periods are synced. That's a menstrual cycle, exactly. <laughs> so, Minstrel. Um, <laughs> cycle. <laughs> Minstrelly cycle. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's just that people don't believe that this is, is this actually coming from a place of genuine sympathy or is this coming from, what's it called? Woke washing. Yes, washing. yes, Madison so learned, Avenue. Yeah, I learned, uh, what was the fucking thing? Woke washing is allowing brands to monetize virtue signaling. It conceals the less altruistic business practices. So Miller Lite and Bud Light, you know, as two good examples that you brought up there. They'll. Where are they getting their tin from? Is anybody looking at the aluminium that goes into the cans? Is of anybody, course not. Like looking at the production processes? Are they meeting sanitation standards? Are they doing all the rest of it? And it's like no, but they gave Dylan Mulvaney six a six pack with her face on it. Right. That's like enough. To, look over there. Look over there. You don't need to look over here. Yes. Thing. Yes. And I think with the Dove thing, Dove maybe actually does feel a little bit like. Um, a company that for a long time has been fighting for different beauty standards. They've done yeah, stuff with skin. That's true. Um, uh, like trying to get representation for different girls. But if you're going to fight the good fight, it doesn't feel like video games are the place that girls are looking yes. to find their representation. Exactly. And they, I, there was no soap in that commercial. There was not one bar of soap, <laughs> not a filthy. lather, she not a lotion, nothing. Yeah, exactly. It was just video gaming. And I'm like... I don't know. It's also weird that we have to shoehorn women. Sure, there are women gamers, I'm sure, but like, it doesn't feel like that's their their big uh, demo. Is these these fat ladies like like advertise on uh, Vanderpump Rules? Like every lady I know, my wife included, has like six girls over. They're all watching it. I walk in, they're like, shh, you know, selling, Vanderpump selling Sunset or some yes, other bullshit like yes. that. Yeah, where's, I, the, where's the bigger girl on selling Sunset? Exactly, exactly. But she's not there, which is also probably why it's doing well. You know, it goes back to the Barbie. It's like, Barbie's unrealistic. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but who wants a realistic toy? You know, but women think they're going to think they have to look like that. I'm like, maybe they want to look like that. Or maybe, you know, uh, that's that's okay. If you want to, like, I every superhero I had it was jacked. I don't want a fat superhero. Well, I'm not was, jacked. Someone, so I put this out on Twitter earlier on, and someone replied and said, um, they can't wait for a version of Kratos, you know, from God of War. Are you familiar with that no, guy? No. It's like just like a jacked god, god figure type mm-hmm. guy. Can't wait for a skinny fat Kratos or <laughs> um, Solid Snake, from, right? Uh, f- to be creeping around, but he's lost a foot due to diabetes. Like <laughs> I don't know. Just there, there seems to me if you need if you're so narcissistic that you need direct representation yes. in your avatar in a computer game, there are bigger problems than simply having a fuller figured avatar are going to be able to fix yes completely and it's just human nature we like to look at attractive things i mean every president who won has been taller every i think maybe except for one but it's always a taller guy who wins full head of hair helps yeah yeah i mean it's it's in men too like we we want our men looking the right way as well what was that was it nixon did he do some famous uh, debate? Yes. He was sw- one of them was sweaty and the other one wasn't sweaty? He did one on radio and one against Kennedy because right. you couldn't see how good-looking Kennedy was. And then when they were at TV aired it, Kennedy won. That pretty privilege, man. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's just – it's such a shame that you have conversations that get captured by – like th- th- there are much longer levers than trying to fix yes. whether or not – Girls are being misrepresented in video games. Exactly. And uh, let's talk to the ladies, see what they think. Also, 
It just, first of all, it feels so forced, but, oh, I forgot my point. You said something. <laughs> say say what you said again. Maybe it'll jog it. That it, it. Oh, I got it back. Thank <laughs> you. That's all I needed was your sweet, sweet in, uh, English voice. So, oh, I lost it again. Say it again. Start talking. Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. So that was real. But uh, you mentioned the, the, the tin can. Where's that coming from? Yep, yep. And then, like, here's a perfect example. Kaepernick. Everybody's blowing Kaepernick. He's kneeling. He hates police. I get it. Nike, the biggest example of all sweatshops. You know, we need the Asian fingers to make the shoes and all that. And yeah. you can overlook that because you're looking at the guy with the afro who's got the fist up. And you go, hey, I'm a good person. But when you say to people, well, what about the sweatshop people? They go, ah. And you're like, no, no, no. You, no. You're not allowed to go, ah, at me with the sweatshop <laughs> and like Kaepernick. You have to, if you're such a morally good person and superior, Correct. you have to agree to both. But they just they just shut one out. And that's where I get pissed. Well, hypocrisy is just like the perfect uh, tool that people want to point out on the internet. Right? Yes. Because for the first time ever, we have this. Um, locked in stone history of every single thing that we've said precisely as we said it at the times that we said it. And it allows you to say, well, hang on, you, you're making this point now, but I can see that that's not exactly yes. aligned with what you used to say previously. Right. So <clears throat> one of my smart friends, the one that taught me about concept creep, he also taught me that in the modern world, our opinions and our deeds have never been further apart. Mm. In the past, any opinion and any deed would have ended up being stress tested at some point. If you ah. say that you're a good person and 20,000 years ago around the campfire, and yet every time you go out hunting, you don't bring back meat for everybody else. You just bring it for your family. Eventually someone's going to go, well, come on, you keep, you keep saying that you're a good person. Right. Whereas on Twitter, no one ever actually ends up scrutinizing the way that you show up in uh -huh. the real world. You can be the most empathetic pro female person in the world. And you go home and beat your wife. Yes. And, Nobody knows. Well, for the most part, nobody knows. And then when people get rumbled for it, that's why it feels so satisfying to us. Yes. I think that it's because we have this sense that a lot of the people who push virtual, real virtual beauty or push digital blackface as something that should genuinely be cared about mm. are just doing performative empathy. I don't think that we believe that it's true. Completely right. But the problem with the, the empathy is like when you're on the other side of it, like let's say you're Ellen, who, you know, big cunt. And her thing is like what well, you said, because she was the happy, dancey, nice lady. And then when we found out she was a, a coos, everybody flipped on her because she was performing. Uh, but the problem is Ellen could be like, well, I donate a million dollars to charity. I do all this. I help the homeless. I help old people. But we just know about the cunt thing. Yes. So you don't get that redeeming part. And we love – Sam Harris had a great point. He said, if, you, if the first time you hear about somebody is when they've done something wrong – Maybe don't jump to hate them. That's the first thing you've heard about them. What about all the other good shit they did? But we don't care about that. We just go, oh, uh, Michael J. Fox said fag in 88. I've never heard of this guy. Like if you're some young person, I've never heard of Michael J. Fox. I hate him now. And you're like, you hate him now because you heard one thing about him on the in a, in a headline? But you just you, you totally disregard his whole other life? It's crazy. It's a shame that we sort of jump to conclusions so quickly and this difference between opinions and deeds, the mm. fact that you're able to behave in one way and say a different thing and people will care about what you say more than what you do because yes. what you do is never seen. Exactly. But it also means that when you do try and actually put some empathy across, that gets scrutinized too. 
Mm. Oh, well, maybe you're just doing this because... No, I genuinely care. I care about this movement or I care about this group of people. This is me being earnest or or vulnerable or open and not for some perverse reason. I'm doing this because I actually care about a thing. And immediately people use the same uh, idea, the methodology, the skepticism they have about all the other shit from all of the other people that Mm. have been doing the concept creep supply demand bullshit and then they apply it to you and you go okay well, like I, and i think that disincentivizes people from completely. doing genuine completely like altruism as well i agree yeah it's it's a it's a tough time makes people just not want to do anything and just hang back so they don't get yelled at you seem to be quite a positive person generally yeah yeah i think so how do you avoid getting drawn into cynicism and there is this sort of culture of negativity and, and cynicism yeah. on the internet what's your prophylactic against that what do you what, what condom are you wearing well i, I hear the uh, the old post and ghost I, i'm a big on that and uh my friend he works with louis ck a lot so he gets a lot of hate you know <laughs> so he just started blocking everybody and he's like i don't even hear them anymore like anybody who says one thing i just start blocking them on twitter or whatever and uh, so it just eventually he kind of like cleaned it out. Mm. And I'm like, that's pretty good. But you still have to go in and, and read it to block it. Yeah. So I don't want to do that. So I just kind of I let it go. And I'm, I'm sure this fire is going on all over. And I just try to put it out of my mind. And that protects your mental space relatively well, it seems. Relatively well. I mean, I've definitely had my my weeks of like sleepless nights. Where I'm like, this guy said this. Uh, it taps into some fucked up thought you had about yourself and it validates all the evil thoughts you have. And then it just it just mushroom clouds in your brain and you're in the shower going, oh, maybe I am attracted to kids, you know, or whatever the fuck. And I'm, I'm not. But, uh, you know, people can just get in your head. And, you know, when I was 15, I was like, am I gay? Maybe I'm gay. Am I gay? And I had this friend who was super hot and ripped and I blew up. No, but I had this friend. He was super hot. I kept being like, am I attracted to him? I don't know. I don't know. And it's the same. You can do that with anything. Like, am I racist? What the hell? And I'm like hanging out with a bunch of black guys last night at the mothership. And you're just like, what am I? I'm not racist. But you just your brain can go in these fucked up places, especially mine. Mine can really turn on me. It's so funny that you can question your own sense of self. Completely. Because of what somebody's just prodded or poked you in the direction of at the right time and that's really what twitter is it's this weird little prodding and uh colin quinn describes it as you're giving yourself schizophrenia because it's literally eight million opinions and you're just absorbing all of them and that's what schizophrenia is just 800 voices going off all the time crowdsourcing personal insults from the internet (laughs) yes yes exactly that sam sam harris said that um uh, being on Twitter is like the most malignant form of telepathy ever that only allows you into the worst of everybody else's thoughts. Wow. A classic classic wordsmithing from... He's the king. Mr. Harris. Yeah. He is the best. I mean, there's not a lot of positivity. It's not a lot of like, I had a great day today. Just had a hell of a turkey sandwich and I got a great... My ass got eaten. You don't really <laughs> see that on Twitter. You know, it's just, you know, ah, this guy's racist. He's a, be- a piece of shit, whatever. Yeah, that's an idea for a future tweet. You could throw that out talking about whatever it is that you've eaten and then what when you've been eaten. Yeah, I, the, avoiding the cynicism things, it's a tough one, man. And I, I really, I'm really trying to sort of slowly nudge myself away from it. I'm really trying to rail against it. Yeah. Um, just seeing what happens if you do try and give people a little bit more hope. You know, Michael Malice, you familiar with Michael? Oh, Michael? yeah, oh, yes. smart guy. Yeah, so he, he wrote this book about um, the period from sort of 1920, 1910, up to 1990 in Russia. And it's all about the the absolute terrors of communism and famine and all sorts of 
crazy fuckery. His point was, we thought that this was the worst that the world could ever, ever get. This is how low things sank. These are the terrible stories of famine and prisoner mistreatment and children and all this sort of stuff. And the good guys won. So oh, his, his argument, it was called the white pill, the book. And the reason for that was that he said, if you think that the evil people always win, <clears throat> here is the most stark example of the evil people losing. Oh, thank God. But the problem is it took 90 years or whatever you said. True. That's the problem is you want it to happen next week, but it it takes so long. And then, you know, like black people were marginalized and oppressed and all this. And now I feel like they're doing doing well. Uh, but now it's kind of like, fuck whitey, so we're going to be in that for a while, and then that'll go away. But it, it just it just sucks when your your life and your adulthood is like right in the middle of the shit part. That's a really good point. I, I often, you know, there was this really interesting study I remember seeing ages ago that looked at the difference if you were born in, I want to say 1920 or 1930. Mm. And if you were born in 1920, you grew up during the formative years when you needed nutrition being the Great Depression. <laughs> then by the right. time that the war came around, you were conscripted to go and fight. Yes. And then let's say that you survived both of those traumas. You finally came out and like died in the 70s or some shit like that, let's say. Whereas if you were born in 1930, you got to, you weren't conscripted. You came out the other side. You got to live most of your glory years through swinging 60s, yeah. 70s, psychedelic revolution. Right. You know, uh, increased equality, all this sort of stuff. And, um, yeah, I do wonder sometimes, in retrospect, what am I going to think about the generation that I was a part of? Totally. Throw in a pandemic, throw in 9-11, throw in uh, the George Floyd stuff. Like, it's a wild time. <coughs> but, you know, the 60s were wild. They, MLK got shot. They went to the moon. Uh, Vietnam. So there's always, uh, there's always bad shit. But the problem is this is new bad shit with the internet. This is all unprecedented yeah novel you know? novel problems yes yes so we're not only are we figure out how to deal with it we don't know what the hell it is and it's it's all new and kids are killing themselves and girls are depressed and you yeah, know we're addicted 60 percent of teenage girls say that they have persistent or regular feelings of hopelessness unbelievable it's so sad and you know like the 60s you mentioned growing up then or in the 20s and then the 30s and the depression and all that world war one two i bet they were happier you think? I bet they were happier because you had a goal. It's like depression. Got to get bread. Got to get food. Got to get some water. Now I'm in World War One. Got to stay alive. Got to stay alive. Now it's World War II. Got to stay alive. You know, the, the the air raids. You know, I think that was at least somewhat we have a common enemy. We got a common goal to survive. Now it's just like this looming cloud of sadness and like, did I get enough clicks? And is this person gonna drag me online? And you know, it's just it's this weird kind of ungrabbable sadness. Whereas before, it was very like the Russians are gonna shoot us, or yep. Hitler's bad, or whatever. Ambient anxiety. Hey, that's is. good. Uh, yeah, we're yeah, in yeah, AA. Yeah. And but it's the I, I totally get that um, the directionlessness, the fact that you don't have a single call it an enemy or a life goal or mm -hmm. you know direction that you're moving toward means that you kind of just get distracted by everything and I think a lot of people have this sense that a lot of their mental time and their sanity is taken up worrying about things that probably don't matter yes right? that just the number of cycles that your brain goes through per day having thoughts that tomorrow you're not going to be glad that you had Can't yeah remember who, who it was that says um uh, the bizarre thing about life is that it has to be lived forward but only makes sense in reverse oh that's and good. When you think about the fact that, you know, you look back over the last five years of your life, maybe 
from 10 years ago until five years ago, you can kind of, oh yeah, well, I understand I was, I was here and that's why I was here. And then this thing happened and then I, that changed me and then whatever. Mm. And then you look at now and you go, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Like why, what, why, what, what are all of these different contributing elements and am I doing it right? Am I yeah. doing it right? I might be doing it wrong. And I, yeah. should I be doing it? Should I even change it? Exactly. I know it's, uh, it's tough because, you know, you know, when you get into a, a relationship and you're like, man, I, I want to get out. I hate this girl. She hates me. All we do is fight. And then you break up and you're like, I miss her. I love her so much. The relationship was perfect. And I think we're going to look back on it like that. Like right now, it's like this looming. What did you say? Ambient, ambient anxiety. Ambient anxiety, which sucks. And I it it's always in my brain and I hate it and I can't shake it. But I think when I'm 80, I'm going to look back and go, man, the internet, those were wild time, porn, uh, OnlyFans, uh, Stormy Daniels, Rachel Zola. We're going to look back and go, wow, that was fucking nuts, because we're not going to remember all the ambient anxiety. You're still going to be thinking about Stormy Daniels when you're 80? Oh, I, I like to jerk off to her, because I, I know her. It's fun to jerk off someone who's on the news, <laughs> you know? You get to see the CNN story and then go right to her. You can text her. Like, you can text us right away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, it's it's a kooky time, but I think you got to just press on. And my thing is I use the internet. Like, you want to fuck with my head? Well, I'm going to use you and get everything I can get out of you. It's meaning like post clips, do podcasts, share everything, reach a bigger audience. So there are perks. It's like fire. It can burn your house down, but it can cook your food. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I think um, l- looking at how to use the internet more healthily is a, a challenge for everybody that's trying to make anything right yeah because as soon as you post something there's inevitable criticism i know and posting ghosts not a bad solution for that or just do a, a sam and completely torpedo your entire account and just exit exit the internet at large that's another solution i guess that's, my friend did that and he lost 30 pounds he's like happier he sees his kids more because when you really look at your phone and think about it, like you get that screen time thing Oh, what a kick in the balls that is. That hurts. My wife's always like, I have no time. And I'm like, I watched you look at TikTok for two hours. <laughs> two hours. You could have watched a movie. You could have read a book. You could have flown to 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 Florida. Well, or not. Uh, yeah. AI companions are being created to fill the role of sexy and playful girlfriend. Uh-oh. Amaranth is, is an OnlyFans content creator who is one of the most followed women on Twitch, and now she's releasing an AI companion of herself called AI Amaranth, so her fans can interact with a version of her, they can chat with her, ask questions, and even receive voice voice responses. Oh, no. I mean, guys are fucked. Young <sighs> dudes are fucked. It's not good, because you used to... Young, uglier, you know, what is this, the top percent, 10% of guys who all get laid, and then the rest are just incels, school shooters, and, uh, you know, basement Mark dwellers. Funds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So those guys are all going to turn to this. It, the, the path of least resistance always wins. So one of the pushbacks that I spoke to one of my friends, William Costello, about this evolutionary psychology guy, the problem you have with AI girlfriends mm-hmm. is that there is no prestige associated in having one because there's no process of selection it's the Uh same way it's the same way as saying um i subscribe to amaranth's only fans account aren't i so special and you go well anybody who has the price of a spare cheeseburger per month can subscribe to the only fans so it doesn't make you special yeah that's good his his thought like a slight white pill that's in there is it 
should be able to solve people that are very lonely, but it's not going to take the place of genuine females because it's not sufficiently satisfying. There's no prestige because you're not being selected, and the selection thing's very important. Apparently. I completely agree, and that's good that we if we start praising these guys, like my AI girlfriend's hotter than your AI girlfriend, <laughs> then we're fucked. But the fact that it's not impressive is a good sign because that means it won't be it won't be uh, praised. With AI Amaranth, fans will receive instant voice responses to any burning question they may have. Whether it's a fleeting curiosity or a profound desire, Amaranth's AI counterpart will be there to provide assistance. I got a Chris bot made, not that people can access, but that I can use for asking questions on Q&As. And uh, I used it. And the ease that these guys can do, so they could just take every podcast episode that you've ever been on, run that through a language learning model, and there you go. There's a moderately accurate mark digi digi mark oh my god mark bot that's a bummer yeah sorry folks yeah. you don't want two of this <laughs> that's not good could you imagine how ridiculous a ai version of you would be oh god i know i'd be late first of all but uh <laughs> even the ai won't be late yeah. <laughs> but i heard a comic go on stage because all these comics are worried about ai and he did i'm gonna read a a, a joke i wrote and a joke that ai wrote in my voice and you see if you can tell and he and he did both, and his joke was so much better, and it made me feel a lot of relief. Ah, uh, you're still light years ahead of what the AI bot can write. Yeah, because joke comedy is all context, you know, and computers can't feel context, and I think that's that's a big part of it. Uh, a computer can have a twist and a setup and a punch, but it doesn't doesn't have that little, you know, when a joke bombs, as a comedian go, well, that bombed, and that gets a laugh. But I I don't think AI could do that. Someone said on a podcast I was listening to, we'll know that AIs are fully conscious when it exits the interaction and regrets not saying the funny thing that it should have done as it's on its way down the <laughs> Wow, that's brilliant. Yeah. That's killer. But like here's a great here's a great old joke. Uh you know the this is Junior Stopka's joke. Brilliant comedian. He goes, uh the Holocaust actually had a lot of mentally challenged people in it, but you never see pictures of them because they're all smiling. And it's a great joke, but AI could never th- be that twisted to think of that. And that's why I love comedy. There was a, uh, a what's it called? Dark? Is it called Dark Bot? Uh-oh. Which it, they tried to do a, a version of ChatGPT, but the whole thing was trained on the darknet as opposed to on the surface web. Yeah. Uh, so this is all of the fucked up only access custom access forums and like dark versions of 4chan and shit like that mm. and uh, they trained this thing on that and i don't know maybe that'll be able to do the the fucked up jokes i'm not sure but maybe i, hope I, I think i would be worried if i was a youtube thumbnail creator if i was a middling uh legal sort of litigation person yes if I that's was, the worry yeah or if i was like maybe a uh radiologist that's looking at scans that are kind of relatively Uh easy to break down. So those kind of, you know, they're still quite complex jobs, but those jobs that are a little bit more automated, I think comedy is probably going to be one of the ones that's safe for a little bit longer, at least. Totally. And you like a guy or a gal, you know, you go, I like Ali Wong, you know, even if uh, I don't love that last joke she said or whatever, you just like her or you relate to her or you connect with her. 
And I think with a radiologist, there's no none of that. Yes. So it's you know? not just the context of the joke. It's the context of the person that tells the joke. Completely. You know, people go, Joe Rogan, that's my guy. Yep. That's my guy. He's, 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 he fits for me. Would you happily know? laugh at something even if it was totally shit. Exactly. They've got this warm feeling. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw Joe do a set. It was maybe the first one that I saw of him. And uh, at least, mm, I would say, 20% of it was storytelling. Mm. You know, the, there was it was humorous or whatever, but it was like he did this bit about is it what's the animal that's got the females have got like a clit dick? Is that a coyote or oh, a, is that um uh, left hyena? Hyena, maybe, maybe yeah, hyena. maybe a hyena. And you like you hearing him talk, and it's kind of entertaining. Mm-hmm. But we're like ninety minutes into learning about the <laughs> you know like the unique physiology of female hyenas or yeah. something. And I'm like, this is just a a miniature version of of the podcast. So right. It's not necessarily even to do with the joke. Right. So a lot of the time people go because they just feel comfortable yes. listening to this person speak. Oh, this is familiar. Also, you know, Joe actually gives a shit about that. Yes. And that makes you give a shit a little more. Like he's not, this, this is kind of funny. Like he's actually interested in that hyena clit. Yes. So that helps. <laughs> um, but like Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, I don't know anything about Tom Hanks, but we love him. We love Tom Hanks. If he's in a movie, you just it bumps up the box office tenfold because we all love Tom Hanks. We know zero about him, yep. except that he's been a retard, of a military guy, a baseball player, you know, an astronaut. But I don't know anything about it. Does he like chocolate? Is he a pedophile or whatever, you know, but you like him. Have you ever been down the Tom Hanks is part of the Illuminati rabbit hole? I don't want to go. That's oh, terrifying. Well, we're going. So I don't even know what the Illuminati is. It's a guy's in a room with masks on. Fucking. This one, if anybody wants to look at it, Google uh, Tom Hanks glove Instagram photo. <laughs> so there's a sequence of people that take photos, famous people that take photos. And I think Tom was taking photos of lost gloves. That uh-huh. was his thing. So he'd see one on the street and he'd take a photo and he'd put it on his Instagram. And in a bunch of the different photos, people had found uh, chalk text that had been written mm. on the floor below it. And it's downtown fucking Denver or some shit. So, you know, it could just be anything. But people then started putting these codes in on the internet. And, bro, it's such a rabbit hole. Oh, it's yeah. Fucking, it's terrifying. That's it's so interesting. Terrifying. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't want to go. You've seen Tom Hanks' son, Chet? I love that guy. Wild, hilarious, dude. absolutely wild, dude. I love that guy. Good for him. He when he when he stopped that lady, he's like, yeah, yeah, I don't give a fuck. And she's like, you just think it's this, this. He's like, yeah, that's what I think it is. And I was like, yeah, fuck this lady. Have you uh, have you ever had people kind of try and I don't know um, flummox you? And I don't know how much newsy, interviewee, real press shit you do. Not a ton, but I, I've definitely had people like, so you think this, and they keep trying to gotcha you, and you're like, what are we doing here? I thought we were just gonna hang out and talk or, or be funny, and they're like, but you, you, so you're saying a lot of so you're saying, and I'm like, no, I'm not saying that at all. Stop telling me what I'm thinking, <laughs> you know. But that's what we do because they want that clip or they want that that win, and it's a real bummer, you know. So you uh, you think ivermectin is whatever? And I'm like, well, I'm just saying it's a Pulitzer Prize winning drug. It's taken by millions. Oh, so you don't think it's horsepower? I'm like, you haven't heard of ivermectin until two days ago, and now you're like wildly angry about it. You know, like I'm not the weirdo here. You're the weirdo. <laughs> I, I I'm I'm agnostic. I don't give a shit. I'm neutral. Speaking of, uh, I try to stay neutral. Forrest Gump and Tom Hanks, one of my friends, is running across America at the moment. Mm. So he's doing uh, 64, 65 days, 50 miles a day. So I think a few thousand people have been to the top of Everest. Mm-hmm. 300 people have run across America. 
Wow. Yeah, so he's going to be the fastest Brit guy called Will Googe. Um, hey, Googe. Hey. Uh, if people want to go and check him out, they can Google Will Googe and uh, support the run and shit like that. But he's in, where is he now? He's in the Appalachian Mountains wow. in Pennsylvania. He's going from uh, L.A. to New York. Good for him. Have you heard this new thing taking over where people do a 12-hour walk? Yes. One of my friends did this on Sunday. Really? Yep. And they say after about six, seven hours, first of all, your feet are bleeding, you know, but your brain goes to these places because we're so used to just being constantly entertained, phone, screen, computer, TV, Netflix, but it just go, oh, third grade teacher, oh, summer camp, and you just go to these crazy memory banks, and it's pretty wild. All of the times that you were molested is going to come yeah. back up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't need to walk for that, <laughs> um, but... I think uh, th- this is the new craze. Is this like shutting down Amish, uh, full disconnect. on disconnect? Well, what's that? What's that Jewish thing that people Shabbat? Is it? What's the thing where that they, is something Shabbat Shalom? Where they do uh, they don't use the any, Sabbath? Kind of, I think. I'm pretty sure it's called Shabbat. Okay. Anyway, it's from Friday evening until I think Saturday, and they don't turn on any lights. They don't do any work. They don't blah blah blah. But I'm pretty sure that in really really hardcore. Uh, Jewish households, for some of the things that they need to do, they have, it's almost like a Shabbat servant mm. to do things like turning yes. on and off the oven. It's I mean, a weird I made this up, right? No, no. They'll, right. People in Brooklyn, these Orthodox guys, like, can you come in here and turn the light on? You're kidding. I swear to God, because they can't me. do it. So some some kid in the neighborhood's like, all right, and just flips it on. That's so funny. It's so silly. Religion is it's so many dumb loopholes and stuff like that. Where are you living now in New York? I'm in the West Village, um, Manhattan. Okay. So is that on the island? On the island, baby. You know, Greenwich Village. That's Bob Dylan, Bleecker Street, Washington Square Park, uh, the Comedy Cellar, the whole thing, NYU. Did you purposefully pick the distance from that to the cellar so that you didn't have to go too far to work? (laughs) Well, I've always wanted to live in the village just being a kid growing up in the South. Just think about uh, Greenwich Village. Wow. You know, Bill Cosby, Woody Allen, all the other uh, rapists. But... (laughs) Uh, you know, they would all play these coffee houses and, and all that stuff. So beatnik and folk music and all that. So I always loved it. So I moved to New York, lived in Brooklyn, way out, got mugged, got beat up, all that shit, bed bugs, and then slowly moved my way to Greenwich Village. I saw this story from some girl in New York. Women are wearing a safety layer over their outfits in public to deter creepy men, with many labeling it sad but necessary. This girl captioned a clip... Uh, the real fit is underneath. Apparently, it's because of weird men on the underground. Others who hadn't heard of this trend expressed how sad but necessary it is. This is sad. Someone else called it, uh, what's it called? A f- fashion safety layer or the men blocker. Whoa. But there's all of these stories about just how bad New York subway is at the moment. Totally, yeah. It's Have pretty... you been on it recently? Yeah, I go every day. It's pretty dicey. You really? Know, we just like, what's the- it like? It's for people that live in, I don't know, London, where the underground is absolutely fine, or yeah. Tokyo, where it's also absolutely fine. What What's the experience of getting on the subway like at the moment? Well, the thing with the subway is there's a, there's a the hobo count went up way, way high after the pandemic. And so the subway is a place where you have a trapped person. Like, you know, you bump into a guy on the sidewalk on Broadway, and he's like, give me your money or I'll kill you, whatever. You're like, all right, just keep walking. But the subway, you're waiting for the train or you're on the train. So I think hobos have been like, I can get people there. The doors are closed. You know, you'd have to run up the stairs or wait for the subway to stop. So I think it started out as like, now they're on the subway, I can get money out of them. But now it's kind of like, I'll also fight you. Why did the population increase? 
I think all the people moved out or stayed indoors during the pandemic. So the homeless kind of got a little more brazen and like we have the city to ourselves. What was that awards ceremony where there was tons of homeless people? Was it the Golden Globes or the Oscars or something? And they had probably to sh- they had to shift a ton of yeah yeah people yeah. out that were living in there. There was like a bunch of homeless people, a lot of tent tent homes and stuff, and they had yeah. to they had to shove Get them out the all way. Leonardo aside. DiCaprio's coming, yeah, exactly. Twenty four year old girlfriend, and then once he's gone through, they're fine. Exactly. Yeah. Well, there was that story about that guy who restrained a a dude that was under warrant and arrest and all this stuff, and now he's. It's not looking too good for that him. That guy went from hero to to murderer in like one second. Yeah, fuck. Brutal. And that's not uncommon to see. Well, I mean, I'm sure that someone killing somebody on the or restraining somebody to death uh, is uncommon. But like aggression and, and no, not uncommon at all. Stuff. People getting pushed on the tracks, uh, just getting. I have friends who just got randomly punched in the head. You know, it's just it's just crazy people out and about mingling with. Millions of New Yorkers, so it's there's going to be some tension. Some it's friction. wild, the, especially if you think coming from the UK, where we have the underground tons. Of, you know, it's not as big as New York, but it's not far off. Loads of tracks, everything's complex, different layers. It's the same. It's the same system. Yeah, the tube, and it's lovely. Yeah, it's, like it's an great. Almost pleasant experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, borderline pleasant. No, this is uh, this is like head on a swivel all the time. I had a conversation with a friend a uh, couple of nights ago, and he was in he lives in Tokyo, and as he gets on a train, he was having to text me on WhatsApp in response to my conversation through his AirPods hmm. because nobody speaks. You're not you don't Whoa, speak. No one speaks. Is that right? No one speaks. Wow. And he was so concerned. Like there was some things where he was finding it. it we were talking. He was laughing, so I could hear him stifling a laugh, doing like a whisper laugh. Whoa! The subway because he didn't want to make any noise. That that's a little much. Yes, you know I'd rather somewhere in the middle of the choking out <laughs> and the texting, but I, I, that leads to a lot of repression too. Like my I'm, point, my point being that you can be very civilized. Like yes, with the right culture, you're able to Completely. control behavior pretty well. So for people to say it's inevitable if you've got a ton of people living in a city and they're all going to be underground, you know, they, like they, it's just it's part of the course. What do you expect them to do? Mm-hmm. You go well, like behave in any way that the rest of the world does yeah maybe yeah i know it'd be nice but that's just not part of the culture and as much as we shit on america and america's racist and full of hate and bigoted and gun-toting fat people which there are we're pretty considerate and pretty uh lenient with uh nut jobs where in china or japan i feel like if some guy's Wearing tattered clothes and smells like shit and going, ah, I'm going to kill all of you. They'll just fucking knock that guy out, put him in a sack, tase him, and throw him over the bridge. No, he's going to make your shoes. Yeah, yeah, or Strap that. to a desk and make your shoes. There's this uh, company called Nine Line Apparel, and they just did, the owner just found out about, they did a, a, a test on the fabric of a particular um, garment supplier and they were able to trace all of the garments back to Uyghur workers. Whoa! Sustainable. So it's supposed to be sustainably sourced, but it's not. And, um, wow! Yeah, it's fucking crazy, dude. There's like millions of people, maybe strapped to, literally tied to desks, just sewing cheap, unreal, fast fashion stuff. Right now, 2023. Right now. Unreal, and no one cares. No one's doing a thing about it, not one tweet. Meanwhile, in America, nobody wants to work because they're like, I need health care, I need dental, I need free coffee, I need snacks, I need vacation time. Like, my wife used to work at LinkedIn. I would go there 
It was beautiful. I would hang out there. It was like pillows everywhere and espresso machines and candy and a and like a, a what do you call it? ice cream booth, you know, and you could just go. I'm like, this is the, the chefs were making lunch every day. It was incredible. Meanwhile, Meanwhile, got, the Uyghurs yes, are tied to the desk. to a desk. Yeah, they got the fucking suicide net outside the Apple company, Apple Have factory. Have you seen uh, the South Park episode where Cartman gets a job? No. Oh, it's phenomenal. It's from this newest <laughs> season. So, uh, Butters gets a job at an ice cream parlor, and Cartman's jealous because he wants a job as well. Mm-hmm. Butters is his referral and says, that's okay, Like you can come and work. But everyone's like, dude, this is not going to last. Yeah. And someone makes a bet that he won't last for two hours. And five minutes into the shift, the boss comes over, and Cartman sat on his phone, and he says, what are you doing? He says, I'm taking a mental health break. <laughs> and then another five minutes later, he says, oh, uh, it's um, it's like Take It Easy Tuesday, and then I'm looking forward to Walk Out Early Wednesday. <laughs> and, like, it just by the, by the end of it, he's ringing butters from home whilst he's taking a mental health leave day, saying, you do know that we're earning all of this money for the ruthless guy that owns it, and we're the ones that are doing the work. We really should own that place. Yeah. And uh, they're on the money, man. Like it's Those guys, they're, they're so geniuses because they nail everything and are funny and they never do interviews or anything so you don't really know how they think but they just they got it they get it right every time shit on everybody yeah Yeah. it's it's beautiful and no one fucks with them because they're a cartoon yeah well unless they put a image of muhammad up which they Uh, did that's true yeah that got ugly eight years ago or something yeah yeah well that's a whole another he's like the ultimate karen muhammad (laughs) you know he's like hey how dare you we're gonna shut this thing down (laughs) it's not him Oh yeah, that's true. But the, his his you know lackeys. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. is a. It was they did Andrew Tate as well appear in the, <laughs> in the last episode of South Park this season. So they started with uh, Prince Harry. Oh, ended with Andrew Tate. Beautiful. I mean, there's a wealth of comedy out there now. It's so good. Meghan Markle and you know Dolezal, as I mentioned, Trump. It just what's happening with Dolezal? She's on OnlyFans. You're kidding me. Oh, I'm a, a subscriber. Yeah. What do you know? What she's doing. Uh, you know, fingering tits, the whole thing. Fingering tits. Yeah, well, yeah. she's she's going all in. She's you know, it's a fetish, and and I use her as gifts because it's not black, but it counts. <laughs> you know, it's it's close enough. So I saw this story about uh, Prince Harry has lost a legal challenge over his bid to be allowed to make private payments for the police. His mm. lawyers wanted jurisdictional review of the rejection of his offer to pay for protection in the UK. Uh, a judge ruled not to give the go ahead. Home office lawyers have opposed the idea of allowing wealthy people to buy security from the police. So I wasn't really too sure about how I felt about this. I don't know. What is it? Can you uh, translate that? So Prince Harry no longer has his normal protection from being a royal because he lost his royal status. He, it seems, has security concerns when he travels to the UK. So his plan was to just pay for police Mm. to come with him so that there would be a degree of protection, but mm-hmm. also so that it didn't chew into the police's budget for whichever uh, area of the country is. Got it. So you'll have seen at um, the mothership, there yeah. is a, like a low-key couple of cops that are on site. Sure. And they're paid for privately, mm-hmm. but they're, you know, like official cop. I'm going to presume that they're not, they're probably off-duty still sanctioned. Yeah. I think, th- I don't really know how it works. Up until I'd seen that, I'd never really heard about anybody being able to pay for private police protection. But it actually makes a good bit of sense because if you don't, if you don't allow somebody that's going to be heavily scrutinized and, and caused loads of you know guffaw amongst the public to actually have some protection, 
they're going to have to go in any case to yeah. do crowd control. So just let them pay, I guess. I yeah, you know, that's but they I said thought. no. No, they said no. I think there's a big, a big problem, especially in the UK, of allowing... Like, wealth in the UK is really, really looked down on, especially ostentatious really? wealth. Yeah, so if you were to say, I'm going to use the money that I've accru- accrued to buy the usage of what is typically seen as a, uh, a public service, mm-hmm. it's one of the reasons why people in the UK forget that you can get private healthcare because the NHS is there. So they would happily wait six months for their cancer to metastasize uh-huh. so they can get their scan for free. Right. Then think about paying for insurance they'll pay for their dogs insurance an english bulldog that'll be a hundred bucks a month or a couple of hundred bucks a month yeah but they won't think about doing it for themselves interesting Uh, and i think that the uk has a bit of a problem with people using wealth especially to sort of chew up services wow well hey i mean you know this kind of feels like the the defund the police people who immediately call the police right when anything goes down uh what's his face you know coleman hughes yeah i like that guy yeah he's great he was on cnn a couple of nights ago and they were talking about why have we got these increases in crime and homicides and da 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 and it got toward the end of the segment and coleman was like i have an idea (laughs) yeah what is it and he said refund the police and they cut the segment shortly, uh, <laughs> shortly after that. Oh, we're going to have to we'll leave it there, Coleman. Thank you. See, that's what bugs me, not to spin off into another thing, but that's what bugs me about the times we're living in is I don't, you know, I, I get that we can't have certain opinions, but we should at least be able to discuss everything. Like, I know that's a different differentiating opinion than CNN. You know, they have to go with the narrative or they have to go with the check boxes. But... Let's hear them out. You know, like like you bring up drag queens, and I don't give a shit about drag queens. I don't have kids; it doesn't affect me. But just bring it up. My friend was like, "Oh, dude, dude, let's not even go there." And I'm like, "Why not?" That's the weird Over part to me. Or something? No, no, on a podcast. Okay. But that's why it, it weirds me out. I'm like, so we can't talk about it. The not be able to talk about it to me is weirder than the actual activity. Mm. And that's what no one is understanding. You know, they're like, oh, you got a problem with drag queens? Or you like drag queens? I'm like, no, no, I'm neutral, but I'd like to discuss it and it's see an if we can get somewhere. Situation. It's an interesting situation, but then they're like, shut it down, shut it down, or cut that out. I'm like, now that's the scary part, the cut that out. What are you so scared of? What is that feeling? Like, oh, this is, this is bad. We're in the red. Shut it down. Abort. I'm like, that's what worries me. Well, it's because nobody is not allowed to have an opinion on everything anymore. Like, mm. everybody has to have an opinion right. on absolutely everything. And uh, and I just want to learn. I'm an idiot, so I want to learn more. But they just say, oh, like, trans is a big one. I say, what's up with trans? If this is that, then what's up with that? And you go, oh, bup, 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 bup. And you're like, well, now now I'm really interested. <laughs> it's kind of like when I was a kid, I was, I was, was an atheist. And, you know, you go, so wait, if heaven is real and heaven is uh, blissful eternity – then are you old in heaven? Because that wouldn't be blissful. I'd rather be young. Also, is my grandma in there? And is she old or is she young? And you start asking, and they go, ah, shut the fuck up. Yeah, how dare you, uh, you know, talking the, the name of God and all this shit, you know, the Lord's name in vain. And you're like, oh, you have no answer. And I feel like that's the same with all this stuff. And I, I just want to learn. I'm not trashing heaven. I'd love to go to heaven. But I want to get to the bottom of it. And they get they start getting angry. And that's what worries me. My friend's got this uh, theory of bespoke bullshit. Many people (laughs) don't have an opinion until they're asked for it, at which point they cobble together a viewpoint from women half-remembered hearsay before deciding (laughs) that this two-minute-old makeshift opinion will be their new hill to die on. 
that's fucking perfect. Who is so, this guy? Yeah, it's the same dude. All this Gwinda, guy's on fire. Gwinda Bogle, yeah, he wrote this phenomenal article on it. He's like, I forced this guy onto the show probably every three or four months or so, and he's basically a digital ghost apart from tweeting aphorisms like that and writing awesome substacks. And uh, I just, like, drag him kicking and screaming, yeah. and place him on a podcast, and then he's scurries away and learns more good shit and then I drag him back and bring him but back on again. Here's the question. Why does he have to be a digital ghost? Because he doesn't want all the backlash and the bullshit but like we're just trying Seems to learn. That way. It does seem that way. The, um, the, the fact that everybody feels like they need to have an opinion on everything means that you remember the uh, silence is violence. Oh, that was a good one. Silence is compliance yeah. thing. It's like, well, if you're, if you're pushing people to take a particular position and you can only allow them to either be for or against a thing. Mm-hmm. You're going to lose all of the interesting stuff. And yes, people are just going to check nuance. out of having conversations. Completely. They're not going to bother. And it's only silence is violence if, you don't, if you're not saying my thing. You know, like, it's like when people go, we need more diversity. And you're like, what do you mean? Like, you need more people who look like me. Like, oh, you want, you want to be on the show. You know, you don't, you're not thinking about the uh, uh, Pacific Islander, you know, or the wheelchair guy. You're thinking about you. So I get that. We're all selfish at the end of the day. But you get to be selfish and mask it with this guise of, of uh, moral superiority. Yeah, it's the pretty genius. The performative empathy thing is one of the reasons why I think everyone I, – I do think it contributes to the cynicism because it's so hard to work out whether someone's being genuine or not. Yes, yes. Is, is this person actually doing the thing that they say that they do because they care? Yes. Or are they doing it because they know that it's an effective current social trend to ride off the back of? Exactly, exactly. And you can see which way the wind's blowing. And most people, I think, just go, I'll go that way because I don't want to deal with getting yelled at and backlash and but be labeled. remember, what is it? only 10% of Americans have a Twitter account. So 90% of Americans don't have a Twitter account. Wow. Which means that, you know, and I think on Twitter, it's around about 95% of tweets are created by less than 20 or 10% of the users. Mm. So even there is a small cohort of people from the world who are on Twitter, and within the people that are on Twitter, there is a small cohort of them who yeah. produce almost all of the content. Right. So the overwhelming majority opinion that you see is actually unbelievably unrepresentative. <laughs> it's like incredibly small and biased. Yeah. Because all of the people that tweet a lot, you know, there will be something in common that everybody has. And it's like you see someone post a, something negative uh, or there's a flood of negative comments, and you go, I wonder what all of those people have got in common. Because they mm. will. There will be some things, some elements of personality that yeah. all contribute to have that be the totally. case. It's not a representative sample. No, no, but they, they swarm. They'll swarm on you. And it feels like a million people. Uh, Jonathan Haidt called it death by uh, little needles. Mm. You know, it's just like, you know, one one needle prick, you're like, well, that was weird. But a th- million of them coming at you, that hurts. John Haidt's doing some interesting stuff. You've seen that he's writing his entire book publicly at the moment. What does that mean? So he, he's got, I think it's maybe a sub stack or some other sort of mailing list. And he's got this book that's going to be out at some point in the future. And each, maybe few pages or each chapter, as he writes them, he's just publishing ah, as he goes. That's pretty cool. And then he's getting feedback in the comments. And then presumably we'll be making adjustments before Whoa, the final book. It's like book. comedy. It's like stand up. Yes. Wow. He's doing a live act and then editing. Yes, based on reaction. Spe- you did a special. I did one. Yeah, it comes out July twenty fifth on Netflix, and they let me say everything. <laughs> they, I mean, I really go hard. I'm, I was shocked at no notes. So I think 
Maybe things are changing, or maybe Netflix wants because any press is good press. So when you mean notes, it was you were able to submit it, and they didn't say we can't have that joke and take you- the R word out, all that. No, Holocaust, trans, it's all in there, and uh, everything's a joke. Everything gets a laugh, but it's uh, it's all the all the hot button topics. Uh, I asked Schultz this question: Do you think that there's any joke that is so extreme that it shouldn't be told? I don't, but I'm a comedian who likes fucked up jokes. He said, uh, is it funny? That's, I completely agree. And I was like, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, oh, sorry. I would. Apparently it matters. Funny is everything. It's funny. It's a stand up comedy show at the end of the day. Even if someone has a non-offensive joke that isn't funny, I say, get rid of it. (laughs) It doesn't matter if it's offensive or edgy or whatever, or, or not edgy, get rid of it either way. If it's not getting a laugh. Mm. Funny is a is a you know what's that Oscar Wilde? If you're gonna tell the truth, you better be funny, or they'll kill you. And I think that's so true. And I would say the same for these people who, who their whole act is like I was molested, I was the victim of racism, and you're like, that's easy. Anybody get molested or be a victim <laughs> of racism? That's easy. What what the hard part is to get in the laugh. Anybody get molested? That's not an accomplishment, you know. <laughs> It's a, it sucks, <laughs> but we got to get the the ha ha's in there. That's what stand up comedy is. That's why it's an art form, and that's why it's fun. It's the whole point. Yeah, I uh, I was using this example. Did you see True Geordie? Do you know who that is? I I've, I've heard of him, but like I don't know. YouTube he's... guy from the UK, and he does podcasts. Big and, guy, yeah, tough big guy, dude, tattoos, yeah, yeah. And um, he's from the city where I used to live. And uh, hates he, Jake Paul. Hates Jake Paul. Yes, I think not a massive fan of Jake Paul. Um. He told a joke. Him and Andrew Tate had had a run-in for quite a long time. And someone asked on a live stream forever ago, uh, what do you think about Andrew Tate's recent conversion to Islam? Mm. And Brian Trujodi said uh, he should prove it to us all by blowing himself up. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good line. That's a good joke. Yeah. It's a legitimate joke. And Andrew said the same. He was like, it was obvious misdirect. He was playing off tropes. Like, it's just, it's classic joke. Classic. Yeah. Uh, Love it. And he got, within 24 hours, uh, My Protein dropped him, Gymshark dropped him, PokerStars dropped him, and he was banned on Twitch. Wow. Within 24 hours. See, that's that's horrible. And what annoys me about when people are like, he's got money, he'll be fine, shut up, he's fine. You're like, he lost all that. That sucks. That's over a joke. So when they say, like, oh, shut up when you're complaining, you can't, oh, comics can't say anything. Look, I still say everything I want, but this guy said one quick zing about a guy who's pretty well hated, and he still got in trouble. Yeah. That sucks. I hate the whole he'll be fine, because you're like, okay, so let's say you call Michael Jordan the N-word at a game. He's a millionaire, blah, blah, he went to work the next day. He's fine. So that that doesn't matter? You, it still should matter. I don't get why uh, calling someone a bigot and then calling someone the N-word is is uh, not the same. Well, the the problem that you have, especially if you look at, I don't know, someone's quality of life based on how much money they're able to earn or how much money they've got in the bank account, completely disregards the fact that status is so important to the way that we feel about ourselves. Yes, yes. Right? If you have this massive downfall in yes. terms of everybody hates you and there's all of this bad stuff, and, you know, if someone's righteously indignant about the joke that you made against their religion or their race or their disability or their advertising campaign or whatever, they're going to be unhappy. Mm-hmm. But 
like that person is going to suffer a lot. You yeah. have to be really, really fucking hard nosed to go through a massive downfall. Totally. Was that, what was it that Rogan said? Like the way that he dealt with his little uh, his thing a couple of years ago was like a moderate dose of mushrooms pretty much every single day. Yeah, like that yeah. was one of the framework. Like training a lot, and I did an ice bath, and my diet was clean, mm. and I took a lot of mushrooms. Yeah, and you think, well, I don't know, man, like. That's a it, lot of stuff just to yeah, get through the day. It, precisely. From somebody that's got an awfully long way to fall. Yes. You know, like it's accrued a good bit of status and, and goodwill below them. Mm-hmm. And still, there's all of these things that you need to do. Oh, he'll be fine. Well, mm, yeah, know, like the daily psychedelics and the, the ice exactly. and the training suggests that it's not just the sort of thing that you can easily right. get through. I, I think it's horrible. I, I think calling someone a, a tranny is mean. That hurts their feelings. I get it. It's funny. But I get it when they're like, hey, we got to stop saying that word. And I think the same goes for people who just call everybody racist or a bigot or a transphobe or whatever when they're not. You know, like if I if I kiss you, that doesn't make me gay. I just did a gay thing for a second. And if I make a racist joke or say a, a, a bad word, I don't mean that thing. I just did it for a second. You see what I'm saying? And that's <laughs> what, what point, bugs me. At what point do you become gay? I think when you're attracted to men. But how many gay things do you have to do before you become gay? I think it's all up here. It's like being a woman. You identify. So you can suck a dick and be straight? Yeah. Yeah? Because sucking a dick is is just a physical act. act. But actually wanting to suck a dick, that's when you're gay. Interesting. Yeah. So... Blow you can blow me right now, and I won't call you gay. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> that mustache, I want to jizz yeah, all over it. Yeah, I've been trying to sort of really uh, channel my 1970s Miami cop. It looks good. I'm good. Yeah, fuck yeah. I'd sit on that. Hey, face. I'm a I'm a Rangers fan. I'm a Texas Rangers fan now. Oh, nice. Baseball. What do I need to know? What like about American <laughs> sport? What are the the skills that I need to be able to watch American sport well? What do you mean, the skills? Well, like, you got to be fat, you got to be drunk. Yeah, these things. Yeah, like, yeah. What is that? What should I, because I haven't been to a baseball game oh. since I've moved here. What should I expect? Get a cold beer. Uh, you got to learn the hey, bada, bada, bada. <laughs> and then there's also the whole culture of like trashing the guy from the stands. Like, you call that a throw? Well, I've seen better throws on a pillow or whatever, <laughs> on a rug. You know, and uh, that's all fun and games. And then maybe you can catch a fly ball. That's big. Then you got to give it to the retarded cancer kid <laughs> with the bald head. So there's all kinds of tropes. Um, it's fun. It's fun. You get out in the sun, take your shirt off, live it up, man. Fuck it's the yeah. American pastime. Fuck yeah! I'm Bring excited. sunflower seeds. I needed. I decided that I needed a. Uh, I needed something. I needed a sport and a team that I could follow. And Texas Rangers, owned by what were the reasons? We wanted um, place that had a nice stadium place that wasn't more than three hours away, place that was owned by racists. And it turns out that George <laughs> George Bush, the, the Bush family's just heavily invested in the brand new stadium for the Rangers. I love it. So, so we got all three. Oh, you're going to have a blast. Uh, I went to, when I went to Australia one time, I went to, I don't even know the name of the sport. Quicket? Quidget? Cricket. That was the thing. Was it cricket? Be, go careful here. This is the sport of my childhood. No, no, that wasn't cricket. I know cricket. That's got the paddle. Yep. This was more of a soccery rugby kind of thing. Oh, Aussie rules football. Maybe that was it. Yeah. And it was amazing. Yeah. Went to the big stadium, the whole play. Oi, oi, oi. And it was Super incredible. Hardcore. Have you seen uh, hurling? Have you seen that? Mm. The Irish sport? No. So you've seen lacrosse. Yes. With the nets, the nets and the thing. And they, they like run like that. Yeah. So imagine that. But instead of it being a net and a little ball, it's a wooden, like a big hockey stick. Mm-hmm. And they run sort of balancing the ball on the hockey stick. What? But it means that they can swing this thing unbelievably hard none of the players have got any teeth it's like whoa it's kind of the same as 
ice hockey without the ice or the skating. Wow. And it's absolutely ruthless. But you have to balance it while you, running? While running, yeah. So they do this. It's fucking crazy, man. Hurling, look at it. And they can hit you with the stick? They swing through a lot of the time. Yeah, oh, my Lord. Hey. No helmet? I uh, can't remember. I feel like the goalies got a helmet, but not them. So wow. Much. And then there's Gaelic football, if you've seen that, which mm. is literally like halfway between rugby and football. So they have the rugby stands with the, the thing. Yeah. And the bottom bit has got a net and got uh-huh. a goalie in it. Whoa. So you've got to try and score in that. You can get it over the top and there's other bits and pieces. Cool. They play here. They play here in Austin. I love it. Well, what about UFC? That's To me, that's my favorite. Is that what you're spending a lot of time watching at the moment? That's my number one. I like a one-on-one. Like, I like tennis, too. I like one-on-one. I like the mental part of it. I like the different... Like, this fighter is better than this fighter, but he can still beat him because of the style differences, you know? I love that kind of stuff, and I love learning... You know, Nate Diaz is a character. Conor McGregor is a character. Uh, style bender. You yep. get to know them, whereas football is just a bunch of nameless, faceless helmets. <laughs> and I like that where you, you can kind of get to know. It's more like stand-up. I went to Colombia at the start of the year to get stem cells. So I spent a full week in Medellin. And my wow. in-clinic like patient partner was Aljamain Sterling. Whoa. So I got to spend a full week with him. What's he like? Fucking cool, dude. Yeah. Very just like a chill. No- like it, It's a compliment but unbelievably normal. Yeah. Like, incredibly normal. And I get the sense that if I'd spent the week with Sugar Sean, uh-huh. it would have been less normal. With Conor McGregor, it would have been less normal. But there are, you know, this is, you know, getting toward being super, super dominant within, what is he, three-time defending champ now? Yeah, I think, something like that. Of the 135 belt. Yeah. And uh, next fight's going to be against Sugar Sean. So, yeah, he, he was really, really normal, super nice guy, texted his team on the night that he had the fight and wished him good luck and stuff. And yeah, it's fucking cool, man. What they're doing. And haven't, hasn't the UFC partnered with WWE? Oh, is that right? I hope I'm not. I'm pretty, I'm absolutely certain. WWE, I, UFC. I promise you that I'm going to bring this up. I hope it doesn't get too wrestly. Yeah, where are we? Uh, the Yeah, the WWE, UFC merger. Whoa. Yeah, this is a month old now. World Wrestling Entertainment, WrestleMania is the biggest event. Da-da-da-da-da. Uh, on April 2nd, the second day of WrestleMania, CNBC broke the news that the WWE is to be sold to Hollywood talent agency Endeavor Group Holdings. Endeavor, which also owns the UFC, is to merge the two iconic complementary global sports and entertainment brands to form a new $21 billion plus live sports and entertainment oh, company. Oh, no, they took the money. <laughs> Dana White, you cuck. God damn it. I hope there's not a, I don't want to see Justin Gage get hit with a folding chair. <laughs> How far are we going to take this? I hope they don't mesh too much. Bring the Dudley boys back. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. What is it? A Royal Rumble, but in the octagon? Right. Now Rogan's going to have to be a, the new Slim Jim guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, funny, man. I don't know. I feel like everything kind of descends towards WWE. Well, it's interesting because WWE, basically what they did was they realized if we got rid of the sport element of the sport and we tried to create all of the drama as effectively as possible, what would we end up zeroing in on? So they've mm. split-tested the same way that you have with jokes for forever. Yeah, They've split-tested what makes a compelling character mm. and a narrative and rivalry yes. and story. Yes. So when people say uh, this is becoming like WWE, 
what they mean is this is descending more into showmanship. It what what's happened is WWE has captured the most effective way to create rivalry and intrigue and storyline in sport. Yes, you know what I mean? Completely, 100%. I mean, it's as old as time. Good guy, bad guy, the fittest, battle of the strongest wins. Yep. And then you get the, we hate you more, you're the heel, yep. and you play it up. It's 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 nothing new, but it works. Well, that's Jake Paul, right? Jake Paul's, you know, professionalized the heel. Yeah. Someone fucking said about that when there was talk about, before Andrew Tate was under house arrest, uh, there was talk about Jake Paul versus an Andrew Tate fight, and you think... Who's the bad guy? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Who's supposed to be the bad guy in this fight? Well, I'll take it one step further. There's Jake Paul and Tate, but there's also AOC and Marjorie Taylor Greene. That's also WWE. Fuck, did you see the image, the AI-only fans enha- enhanced image of AOC? No, please, oh. lay it on me. I- I'm going to get hard. I'm wearing a-, a bathing suit here. Dude, it's so... Fucking good. I texted, She's very attractive. I texted this to Rogan a couple of weeks ago. Oh, come on. Yeah, that's that's nothing to sneeze at. And it that's says, uh, the caption above it says, will you give me your guns now? And the tweet <laughs> is, you give me your guns, I'll give you these cannons. Uh, the, the, top, <laughs> the top rated comment was, uh, what was it? Uh, this is an attack. Quick objectifying the people who are helping to make our country and the place it needs to be the right the, and right the wrongs of the past and give way for the future. I was like, you, you nearly killed my erection there. Good try. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But that's the other thing is uh, I, I talked to Schultz about this, I think, when the Miller Lite ad came out. He's like, look, I get it. Women started brewing first, but can't we just have fun? Can't we just enjoy beer? That's the real problem with the ads. It's not like, I don't think a lot of people are like, fuck women, put them in bikinis. Ah, It's just like, I, I'm just getting lectured here about a fucking poison that I want to drink to forget about my <laughs> job, you know? Well, it's. I think one of the main problems people have is they just seem like such humorless pricks. Yes, yes, exactly. You're not charming. No. Not charming. And for the people that haven't seen, especially the British people, haven't seen this Miller Lite ad, it was basically snuck in under the radar at the same time as the Dylan Mulvaney thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it, the lady that's presenting it is maybe an LGBT person too. Yeah. And she's walking through a museum and saying, women brewed beer, and how did we reward them? We rewarded them by putting them in bikinis, and it cuts to a 1990s ad of two girls mud wrestling in yes. the middle of the street, and it's like, you buy a Miller Lite and you're into girls mud wrestling or whatever, which is true. People yeah. that drink Miller Lite probably are yeah. into that sort of stuff. And then the lady's castigating anybody that thinks that's cool. And it's like, we're committed to changing the, and you just think, I think a lot of things. First off, I think how fucking tone deaf do you need to be about your own audience? Yeah. How fucking confident do you need to be in your share price and your sales figures? Ooh, yeah. And how little fun are you? Exactly. Like, so humorless. I know. Like why can't uh progressiveness and inclusiveness be fun too? Like what? Also, not to be this guy, but what's so bad about bikinis? Like, aren't all these women on OnlyFans very empowering? You know, I thought that was empowering. Like, hey, we're taking our sexuality back. We we make money on it. We do what we want. That's empowering. I'm allowed to objectify myself, but you're not allowed to objectify me. I guess, but it's not like we we tased a woman and knocked her out and put her in a burlap sack and then said, you're in this bikini commercial or we'll kill you. You know, she, I'm sure thousands of women auditioned and were like, I got it. I got the Miller Lite ad with the twins. Well, do you remember 
Diet Coke that yes, the buff guy. All of the, the women looking out over that. No guy, not I'm one looking, guy complained about I'm, that. I'm looking forward to becoming skinny fat in middle age <laughs> and being able to point at that and say, that was what caused me to <laughs> lose my gains. I was objectified. I didn't want to be seen as a sex object, yeah. not just a piece of meat. It's so funny how bad I want to be objectified. <laughs> I would love a woman to objectify me, but I guess it's a supply and demand. They get it so much that they're like, I'm annoyed. I've got no objectification left to give, Mark, I'm afraid. Yeah, there's no more. Yeah, it's uh, it's so fucking weird, man. I just, I really hope that we're around the corner from something that's going to be different in terms of like cultural memes because i'm kind of exhausted of it as well. well i think i think a lot of people are and i think it's almost like a fever breaking like these bud light and miller light and the starbucks and the, what was the starbucks thing the starbucks is a, it's pretty great it's a old indian guy and he gets a call from his son so it's a, the sun pops up on the screen and he's like ah damn and then in comes his new daughter so that the son transitioned so the daughter comes in and he's like motherfucker you know he's all angry and the mom's like come on be nice and he's like, you know what? You're right. Let's get a coffee. And that's the ad. So he's accepted his trans daughter. They bond over going to Starbucks. Yes, exactly. But it's just so forced. And I think it's great that he's accepting his trans daughter. That's great. And it's I'm all for the love and everything. I want everybody to get along. This fake Indian man is accepting his fake yes, Indian, yes. Indian trans daughter. Exactly. To then go and shamelessly shill a multi-billion dollar Yes. Enterprise. Exactly. And my, my joke was, he's. I think he's really mad because his brother did the operation. You know, <laughs> the, uh, the Indian doctor. But, yeah, I, I just think it, it just feels forced. And, again, why can't it be a funny ad? Like, if I, it's cool with trans person, a person transitioning, but, like, make it fun. Why does it have to be so somber and, and uh, educational? Dude, the Miller Lite, uh, the Bud Light thing, they're releasing, I saw this earlier on, Bud Light is set to launch a line of camouflage aluminium bottles that promote the Folds of Honor program, which provides educational scholarships for families of fallen and disabled American military service members and first responders, the New York Post uh, reported. So basically, there is just this permanent flip-flop between the two. Now, the Bud Light thing, the relatively very unpopular opinion for me to say, I feel bad for Bud Light because that was evidently a small influencer campaign mm-hmm. that some portion, some advertising exec somewhere that's not in no position, but isn't the fucking owner, mm-hmm. right? And isn't the shareholders and isn't all of the people that do most of the things. Some small portion that didn't have sufficient oversight mm-hmm. decided that they were just going to chuck this set of cans to Dylan Mulvaney, yeah. not realizing how badly it was going to go down. Mm-hmm. And now two huge big dick marketing execs have been fired. This has been halted. And now they're trying to do all of this backtracking stuff. So even within that, and I don't think that Dylan Mulvaney is going to tap into the core demographic of Bud Light sure. drinkers. Even within that, what you see is the desire for people on both sides of the fence to become offended. Like immediately, yes, yes. you want to have this knee-jerk reaction to be able to go, see, See this fucking woke washing these cooked fucking leftist organizers. They've yeah. even ta- they took our beer. Exactly. Like they took everything. And I don't deny that it's a fucking shitty idea. It's a shitty advertising campaign that doesn't target the right people. And I don't think that Dylan Mulvaney should have been used. But I do also think that going, does this represent, a, I mean, how long's Bud Light been around? Probably fucking forever, right? 
is this really oh finally here's the mask off that shows of course not, that yeah. they were the America hating leftist cuck CCP sympathizing bastards that we thought of all along well you say that if somebody says one accidentally slightly untoward racist thing that that doesn't color their entire history aha uh-huh. but you're not necessarily prepared to give the same that's good that's good great of freedom to the other side great call great call so you're saying to the to the people angry about the the new trans guy or trans lady being the sponsor you can't just judge it all on one commercial yeah yeah i, I completely agree and if you like bud light just keep drinking it bud light's a good beer it's a good beer, and it's very popular for uh, a reason. What was it? They had uh, the Bud Light has t- reportedly told wholesalers that it will buy back unsold cases of beer that are past their expiration date, uh, 23% down year-on-year sales last week. Wow. Uh, and they're doing um, camouflage print in an effort to boost sales. They're doing all sorts of stuff. So they're – I mean, fuck, dude, can you imagine being – I don't know who the CEO or the chief MD or whatever of Bud Light. I'm waking up one morning and going, uh, like, looking at your phone and being like, sir, we're trending. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, What for? for? Yeah. It's it's not brilliant, sir. Right, right. (laughs) But what about the whole any press is good press? Is that just, is that a myth? Because this is the most press you can get. It's all we're talking about. It's all any, I mean, any comedy club, if someone's drinking a Bud Light, it's boom, right to you. Joke, joke, joke. Yep. How can this not be good? Does Bud Light know something we don't know? And then every other beer company and Starbucks and all these other Dove are doing it. So is there something we're missing or or is this just a huge fuck up? I think it's a fuck up. Okay. Um, so I have a, a, a friend who has spent a lot of time doing e-commerce and they've split tested bigger girls and they've split tested girls that are fit. And he told me we have all of the data. Bigger girls don't sell clothes. Yeah. So when you look at Victoria's Secret, someone that's trying to undo their cis-heteronormative, patriarchal, misogynistic presuppositions of what a woman's body shape is supposed to be like, they are paying a price with their top line and their bottom line. And eventually, some shareholder somewhere that owns fucking 15% of the company is going to look at a report and say, what's going on here? What's uh-huh. this? And you go, ah, oh, no, so it's this, you see, it's this really cool social movement that we're a part of at the moment. It's like, it's real, it's, it's super progressive. Yeah. Uh, it's very good, you know, for the, the Gen Z, uh, 15 to 18 sort of left. And he's going to mm. say, get fucked. Where's put the girls that sell clothes back yeah, on the website. We need money. So there is some criticism, like get woke, go broke. Uh, I have a friend that's done a shit ton of analysis on this. And, the Gillette ad from a few years ago didn't didn't impact long term, didn't impact their positioning and a couple of others. I'd love him to run the stats back on these and see what happens longer term. I think really huge brands like a Bud Light or a Nike, Nike with uh, Colin Kaepernick, tons of people took offense to that campaign. Mm-hmm. We're all wearing Nikes. Yeah, I'm wearing right? them. I, I, I wear them every single day. Yeah. First off, when it's a product, if the product's good, you kind of don't care. I don't care. And secondly, if it's a big enough brand over a long enough period of time, people forget. True. Like, you know, but like it may take them, it may take them five years, probably won't, but it may take them five years to get themselves back. And we realized that we made some mistakes with this thing and da, 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 and they'll, they'll be back selling beer soon, soon enough. I'm of sure. course. Of course. It, it's a, it's a fun blip in the whole thing and we get to trash it and make fun of it. But I do appreciate the swing. They took a swing 
They seemed like they were the first one to try it, and it was a big swing, and it fucked up, but sometimes you got to try a, a crazy idea, and sometimes it fucks up, like like Got Milk. Got Milk was huge. What's Got Milk? Got Milk was this ad. Uh, milk was just going down in America. Everybody hated milk. It just People turned on it. Got Milk was this one ad where a guy's eating a peanut butter sandwich, and it's all close up, and he's watching a movie, and he's like, mm, mm, and the phone rings, and he's like, oh, hello, and it's like... You've won the million dollar prize. Just got to answer this one question. And that whatever the question was, was about dinosaurs. And they show his wall and it's full of dinosaur posters. He knows everything about dinosaurs. He's got dioramas and all this shit. And he's like, Rigor! Rigor! and they're like, we can't understand you. You lost. And then it goes, got milk? Like a milk glass of milk would have gotten the food down. Right. Huge ad campaign. People had t-shirts, got milk. Just billboards said, got milk. Milk skyrocketed. It went through the roof, and it changed everything. <laughs> milk stocks had never been higher. Huge milk stocks. So I think Bud Light was like, it's so crazy, it might just work. Mm. So I think you take a shot every now and then. That's kind of fun. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I, again, with the delivery, let's say that they'd, and this would be an interesting question to ask, you know, the most ardent, like Matt Walsh. I'd love to ask Matt Walsh. Hey, Matt, had it have been funny or entertaining? yeah. What would you have thought? Mm. Like, would it have been... Because we said, is there a joke that's so offensive that it should never be told? If it's funny, no. I agree. Right? So if an advert is entertaining and good, should it have not been put out? You go, well, there's probably some limits because it kind of creates uh, role model, you know, talking about kids and positioning and shit like that. But to what, 21 plus in this country, pretty much every state in order to be able to drink? Uh, so I don't know. It, had it have been had it been entertaining, but it was just yeah. I wondered. I wanted to find this out. Um, can you imagine how much you could sell a Dylan Mulvaney can of Bud Light for? Because there was only six pack of them that was yeah. ever created. If she started, oh, huge money, yeah, crazy. That's like that monkey NFT. You know, yes. that's gonna yes. be billions. New board ape, yeah, board ape, board Dylan, yeah. But I do think there is. They were tapping into something the right way. I think there's. Controversy can lead to huge numbers and huge sales. It's like not trans controversy when you're a beer brand. I guess not. But like Lil Nas X, you know that guy? The blood. Yeah, he's not gay, I heard. So he's I, not gay? He's not gay. It's just all uh, uh, adding on to his, his brand. I'm going to Google this. Is Lil Nas X gay? And a lot of people hate him because he's gay. He's a devil guy. He's against conservative values, Christian values. Lil Nas X came out as gay, being the only artist to do so whilst having a number one record, but you're saying... I'm saying that was a, a branding move. Very smart. Marketing. Very smart. Lil Nas X came out as gay on the last day of Pride Month whilst he was number one. That seems... Feels very calculated. Lil Nas X says music industry wants LGBTQ plus artists to be gay without being gay. Ah! <laughs> this is pretty good. Now, I, this is just what I heard. I'm not saying Wants he's to be gay. more gay. Prove it. Lil yeah, Nas. blow me. Get yourself in here. Yeah. I saw him uh I saw him perform at Austin City Limits. Oh wow. Last year. Like that's one of those things. You know when you see you've been to see a ton of bands and the the shows are between a thousand and two thousand and it's like a ba- it's like a normal band, right? And then you go and see a performance, like a little Nas X thing, and the guy's sprinting off stage to do fucking costume changes uh-huh. and shit in between songs and it's all choreographed and there's yeah. dance numbers and then he comes out and he's on a harness and he's flying through the air and there's a helicopter and like all sorts of stuff and you go oh okay this is different this yeah. is like a, <laughs> yeah this is something else this is no longer a musical exactly. rendition this is a fucking like this performance art right right and i think i think which genius about him is 
Bud Light, you have to go Bud, buy Bud Light and people see you drink it at a bar and everybody makes fun of you. This you can put in your iPod and your, your earphones and you still sell the song, but you don't have to be seen with it. No public branding. Yeah. Did you see when Harry Potter first came out and it was super popular and people hadn't read it, but adults didn't want to be seen in public reading a children's book? Oh. They released adult covers of Harry Potter so that it looked less children Genius. Uh, so I wonder whether people are going to get koozies that they can <laughs> slot over their Bud Light. Yeah. It uh, says Corona. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they should do this for kitty porn. Just put a, a, a an adult woman on the cover, and then there you go. All right, that's my last kitty <laughs> porn pedophile joke because it's getting a little weird. I asked uh, an ethicist, a porn ethicist, whether or not uh, – illustrated like anime or manga child porn is unethical manga you know what like you know, like anime oh, okay so yeah. like, manga and anime uh, like hentai right ah oh, gotcha yeah, gotcha hentai, i guess it would be called uh, whether that's unethical uh, because let's say that you're able to reduce real world harm by having illustrations nobody's been hurt with the illustrations apart from perhaps the illustrator interesting uh, and you're getting it out a little bit now you don't have to touch a kid because you're getting it out at home real world's uh, concerns have been uh, real world damage has been reduced. I it's, thought that was a, a, it's pedophile methadone. Well, it here's another by. one: is a is a child sex robot unethical? Yeah, yeah, that is tough. Well, I think this you could say this for Woody Allen. Like aside from the uh, touching his daughter's accusations, he married his adopted kid, right, Soon Yi, and obviously that's weird. But they're still married. They love each other. Is it wrong? Fucking crazy, man. So I learned about um, why we have incest aversion. Ryan Long was going to try and do it. He texted me about, like, he'd listened to the episode where I spoke about it. He was like, we're going to try and work this into a, uh, into a, a set. I was like, dude, if you manage to get this concept into a set, I'll be very fucking impressed. Yeah. So <clears throat> the reason that – do you have brothers or sisters? Older brother. Okay, cool. So the reason that you don't want to fuck your brother – is something called the Westermark effect. Mm. So between the ages of about two and I think it's 12, there is a window of time. And if you are around another young child who you see interacting with your parents in particular kinds of ways, there is a, a bucket in your mind that that individual goes into that means that you're going to be sexually repulsed by them. Mm. Now, the reason that this is interesting is you can imagine a scenario in which twins maybe or brother and sister are separated at birth or separated perhaps in early childhood and then come together later on and they can find that they've got loads in common. Well, of course you do. You share maybe 50% or 25% of your genetics together. Mm. Um, so they go apart and then they come back and you go, you know, how disgusting is it? How terrible is it for brother and sister to have sex? You're like, it's pretty bad. Like yeah. if they're going to procreate. It's pretty bad. But the reason that you have an aversion to it has got nothing to do with your genetics. It's everything to do with this Westermark window. And the same thing happens Interesting. with fathers. So if you have an absentee father, you know, a lot of single mother households and stuff where kids grow up in, father leaves, comes back into the daughter's life, perhaps at 16 for whatever reason, and maybe some daddy issues might contribute to it. But mm -hmm. generally, you, you there is a, a lack of incest aversion that goes on there from oh. sleeping with it. So you've got this father that comes back in, got the abandonment, finally being accepted by a man, a man that I have a lot in common with, of course you do, you know, he's, he's literally 50% of your genes. Whoa. So, yeah, 
pretty fucking crazy. So this crazy. Westermark window is is a a key period, and you can also have another way. Um, adopted siblings who are not genetically related can find massive incest aversion to each other, because even though yeah, because they just the went window. through that window together. Yeah, wow, how cool! That's super cool, and I'm lucky because my family is not attractive, so that helps. <laughs> but. Wow, that is thank God for that that that's a good uh, advertisement for for the nuclear family. Keeping like, the family together to make sure that you keep your brothers and sisters apart. Yeah. <laughs> yes, clip it. Fuck yeah. That's a great commercial. Uh Target partners with a Satanist brand for Pride collection. Uh Live Laugh Lesbian. A new Pride collection introduced by Target includes clothing made by a UK-based brand whose designer has expressed Satanist views. A London-based company created T-shirts and tote bags that include messages like Live, Laugh, Lesbian, Cure Transphobia, Not Trans People, Too Queer For Me, and We Belong Everywhere. Uh, they made kids... Uh, Wait, what does that have to do with devil? Liking the devil? They also made some like Satanist oh, okay, stuff in the okay. past, apparently. Also sells apparel that includes satanic imagery, including pentagrams, horns, skulls, and references to the devil. So mm. here's, a, here's a thing. Did you see, was it Sam Smith? He performed as like a, a big black blob kind of thing. Yeah, white guy, but big, big black blob. Oh yeah, he was wearing a black, yeah, inflatable yeah, kind of suit. Be. So he made. Uh, he came out and he was like, there was double horns and whatever, whatever, uh, and a bunch of people, like especially sort of Christian commentators, were like, "Yeah, you see, it's this Satanist yeah. thing." And I get it, but it does seem like the more conspiratorial elements of of America. I don't think that it's great to have a devil up on stage. But I don't know. I, it, to me, there's no more existential difference between that and it being Mickey Mouse or it being, you know, like for anything else. It's Good just point. a point. It's all it, fake. Yeah. Yeah. I don't it, believe in the devil either. No. But like uh, if you had Santa Claus up on stage, it's what he represents. It's like, well. But the difference is the devil's equated with evil. Yeah. Okay. So well, Santa evil is Santa not, Claus. Like, I yeah. don't fucking know. Like if you had Thanos, if someone went up and they were right, dressed. Right, right. Thanos. Or Darth Vader. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's the moral panic to some regard over like satanic imagery i don't know my position on it yet i might come back come around to it in a couple of years time and say actually yeah no fuck do you we can't have this it's turning all of the kids into satanists right well it's funny what imagery you're allowed to have like uh somebody i can't remember who some comedian had a great bit about how as a kid you could dress up as a pirate and pirates are rapists and thieves and pieces of shit like drunkards and they would steal your boat and take take your money and your women pillaging yeah but like if you dress up as a nazi you're a piece of shit, but like That's they're both the, evil. Pirates are one of the few fancy dress categories that, as of yet, the cancellation hammock hasn't come yeah for. that's true i think because there's nothing it'll take from them except i don't know an eye patch yeah. or i don't know it's all these like uh like captain phillips did you ever see that movie yes yeah those are pirate those are the modern day pirates yeah like, if you dressed your son up as a somali yeah like, yeah <laughs> yeah exactly but it's just weird how like like Tony Soprano is like this praised guy. He's a cool guy, but he's a fucking sociopathic murderer. Yes, you know. But we we pick and choose. Like, well, he had a family and he was funny and likable, but he was a murderer. But that's the thing. If you're able to be charming and funny and, and entertaining with it, people will allow so much. Oh yeah, like Barack Obama. I, I don't look. I don't know anything about politics, but all I hear is he killed millions of people and all these innocent families, and he bombed them. Uh, but he's cool as shit and good-looking. Good, good speaker. Good speaker, fun. Recently narrated a series on Netflix about nature, I think. Did yeah. Did some nature shit. I don't give a fuck that he uh, did all those things. I mean, it's horrible, I guess, but I, 
you know, out of sight, out of mind. Well, wasn't that the same? Bill Clinton's widely regarded as one of the most charming people that's ever totally this earth, right? Totally. Anybody that's ever met him in person felt like they were the only one in the room. Yes, yes. And there's all of these stories, millions of stories, right? That I've heard about this, and you go, yeah, I can see, can see why he managed to get through all of the different scandals <laughs> and all the rest of it. So yeah, there's um. Charm, I guess, goes a long way. It's like uh, Samuel L. Jackson said. It's one charming motherfucking pig. Uh, Pulp Fiction. But yeah, like he's like, I don't dig on swine because it's the same reason we don't eat dogs. They're charming. But we eat pigs because they're gross and ugly. Didn't you once say that charm is makeup for men? Yes. Wow. Good memory. Well done. What do you mean? Well, I mean, like, like you know when you have uh, like a one-night stand, most guys typically want the lady... To get out of there because we don't want to be charming again. It's a lot of work. Being charming is exhausting. So, like, you just want to be done with it. And I think women feel the same way where you're like, hey, you want to come over? And they're like, ah, I'm not wearing makeup. I don't want to put it on and put on an outfit. I'm in my pajamas here. So that's our our makeup. Charming. Confidence. I'm not confident. But I got to fake it on a date. You've got to put the effort in. Yes. You've got to ramp it up beforehand. Exactly. So when guys are like, I need this girl out of my apartment, uh, it's just because we're. I need a minute. I need a break. To be myself. Yes. To fart and pick my feet. and Yeah, my wife, love her to death, but when we started dating, I would go on the road and I would come back and you know, it'd be a six-hour flight. And she's like, come over. And I'm like, I would lie and say my flight was later just to buy me a couple hours at the house where I could just fart be and a shithead. be a shithead and take a dump and watch you know, a couple of minutes of YouTube and all that. Wow. Yeah. And she's like, you don't like me? She took it personal. I'm like, no, it's not even about you. It's just me. I got to be a piece That's of shit. such a decrepit, awful, <laughs> hate, hateful creature. Yes. I, you need, you, you don't want to see me like when I'm like this. Right. Like girls, it's like a... They got the Kiwis on their eyes yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't look at me. Don't yeah. look at me. I haven't got my makeup on Exactly. Yet. That's our version. Yes. Very fucking good. Mark Norman, ladies and gentlemen, what have you got coming up next? People in Australia, can they buy tickets? Buy tickets. We're adding shows like crazy. I go, I don't know when this comes out. It'll be out in a week. Okay, great. So I'll be there now. Tickets are still on sale. Going to New Zealand, Perth, Brisbane, Adelaide, uh, Sydney, you name it. And then you don't say, new tour announcement coming out in August. The tickets are on sale now. They're on my website and a new special in July. Fuck yeah. It's all happening. Things are cooking. It's all downhill from here. (laughs) Appreciate you, man. Thank you. This was fun. Yeah.